Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am your host, Melissa Dealey, and excited to have you joining me here again today. Today's episode is a continuation on the topic of sleep. And if you didn't listen to my previous episode on sleep, go back and listen to that. I believe it was episode number five, and we can link that up in the show notes. And in that episode, I talked about a number of facts as to why sleep is really important for your longevity, as well as we got into the creation of a bedtime hygiene routine and why that is so important. And today, I would like to continue on this topic and get into talking about setting up your bedroom for optimal sleep and comfort. So first of all, you want to sleep in a cool bedroom because your body does warm up overnight and you're under blankets, etc. And if you're too hot, you can't sleep. And you probably know that because you've probably had some summer nights where you might have tossed and turned all night because it's been too hot. But in wintertime, we're less likely to ensure that we're in a cool room for fear of being cold. But the ideal temperature is between 18 and 20 degrees Celsius. And I'm sorry, Americans out there, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but I know you can use Google to convert that. So 18 to 20 degrees is ideal for a good night's sleep. You also want to have dark curtains in your room. And if you're in North America and listening to this soon after it's come out, you will know that we have just gone back on to daylight savings which means that it's a little bit darker in the morning than it might have been previously. But as we move towards our summer solstice of June, our days are getting longer and longer and they're starting earlier and earlier. And here's the interesting thing. Even though you're asleep and your eyes are closed, your body can still sense dawn. In fact, your skin has light receptors in it. And so having a dark bedroom for these long days really helps your body not get woken up too early or start waking itself up too early. And if you don't have dark curtains and you can't change your curtains right now, I highly recommend an eye mask, which you can get inexpensively at any drugstore and wear that. And you don't necessarily have to wear it all night, but if you're someone who gets up and goes to the washroom in the middle of the night, you can put it on after that so that you are keeping that light out 
and it's not registering in your brain that it's getting light. Very, very effective. And it's um, something that when I put my eye mask on, it's almost as if my eyes relax into the fact that they don't need to be alert to the impending dawn. And they relax into sleep. And I always sleep better after I put it on. You also want to keep your bedroom tidy. A cluttered room leads to a cluttered mind. So when your room is cluttered, your brain sees all of that and tries to process all of that. Whereas if everything is in a tidy place, your brain doesn't have as much processing to do and therefore it's not going to sleep, you know, working on all of this with all of this processing happening. So tidy up your bedroom and that will allow your brain to calm. And of course, last time I also talked about the benefits of a gratitude journal and a brain dump to also allow your brain to calm and release all of these things that it's trying to do and process so that it can instead go to sleep happy on those gratitude thoughts and in a calm frame of mind and get you into a more restorative, restful sleep. You also want to be turning off any Wi-Fi or electronic devices in the room at night. And in fact, don't even have them in the room. And that includes television. I talked last time about blue light and the impact that has on melatonin. You don't want to be watching television in your bedroom, even if you're wearing blue light glasses, because very often what you're watching is in some way stimulating to the brain. And if you're doing that right before going to sleep, it just again makes it harder for your brain to calm down before sleep. And it's not an ideal um, habit to be in, in terms of building your bedtime hygiene routine. That routine needs to happen after you turn off devices. And therefore, you do not need a television in your bedroom. But phones, like some people say, oh, I have to have my phone because it's my alarm to wake me up. Well, you can get another alarm for like $10 that you plug into the wall that is perfectly good at waking you up. And it does not have to be your phone. The electromagnetic field from phones and tablets, etc., being close to your head in the bedroom is actually also has negative health ramifications on your body. They're considered a toxin and some people are more sensitive than others. It is something that I discovered I was quite sensitive to a while ago when I was staying in a hotel room and I had the phone on the bedside table. And for um, three days in a row, I woke up with a headache and I didn't know why. And then I kind of had this, hmm, I don't normally even have my phone in my room at home because I have more than just one room in my house. And now I have this phone right by my head. So I actually moved it into the bathroom of the hotel room. And the rest of my stay, I no longer had headaches. And so these electromagnetic fields do affect our body. And for optimal sleep, it's best not to be exposed to them. And so removing them from your bedroom entirely is your best option for a good night's sleep. You also want to be making sure your mattress is right for you. And a mattress lasts on average seven to 10 years. That's what's recommended by the National Sleep Foundation. Your mattress may be younger, it may be older, but here are some signs that maybe it's time to replace it. First of all, you could see signs of wear and tear on the mattress or even 
a depression in the mattress from where you sleep. Or perhaps you're tossing and turning all night and you can't get comfortable. Perhaps you're waking up groggy, sore, or stiff. Maybe you're experiencing brain fog, lessened ability to focus, and low energy during the day. That might be from other reasons as well that I've talked about previously in the last episode, such as the impact of the food you're eating and coffee you're drinking, etc. But it could be impacted by your mattress. Perhaps your allergies or your asthma have gotten worse due to dust mites in the mattress. And then also another great test is that you sleep better when you're away from home. And if that's the case for you, then that is a very clear indication that it may be time to be buying a new mattress. I just recently bought a new mattress myself and oh my goodness, it is so comfortable. I love it. I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, even though I wake up and I feel rejuvenated and energized and I love my work and I want to start my day. It's just so comfortable that it's like I could lie here for five minutes longer in this blissful comfort and then I get up. But what I did is I bought it online. And the reason I bought it online is that you actually get a way better deal buying mattresses online. And what I mean by that is if you go to a store and you shop for a mattress, you lie on that mattress for maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And then, you know, to try and discern if it's a comfortable mattress for you or not. But really, is five or 10 minutes long enough for you to know that compared to sleeping on it for seven to nine hours every night? And it's just one of those things that you feel weird in the store lying on the mattress, even if it's a store that only sells beds and mattresses and other people are doing it too. It just feels strange. So we tend not to lie there for very long. And also, you're not going to take a seven to nine hour shopping experience to buy your mattress, right? So when you buy a mattress in a store, you don't get the opportunity to really give it a test ride. And when you buy in a store, they often don't have great return policies. But when you buy online, you can do all of the research and admittedly, you don't get to trial it first, but you get to trial it after with full money back guarantees. So Many of the companies selling mattresses online know that you need to test it and they give you a 60, a 90, 120 day trial period. And you can return that mattress if it's not the right mattress for you. No questions asked, full refund. Now that is an awesome way to trial your mattress because you're going to use this mattress for the next seven to 10 years. So you want to know that it truly is comfortable for you and your partner, and that's the best way to do it. Some things that uh, you can look for in mattresses now that maybe the last time you bought a mattress weren't an option for you are um, different layers of that mattress that help cushion movement. So your movement isn't felt by your partner and vice versa, because this of course is going to help you get a better night's sleep if you're not being bounced awake by your partner rolling over, as well as um, cooling technology so that you're not overheating in the night. And so that's um, called climate adaptive in many cases, as well as, um, um, 
the mattress that kind of retains your body shape. So it's a memory foam mattress that when you get into sleep, after you've slept on it for a good 30 days, it starts to kind of know your shape. And that's when you kind of sink into it in this utter comfortable bliss like what I've experienced with my new mattress, which I purchased online that came in a box. It was totally shrink wrapped and we unrolled it all and then poof, it popped up and it's just been absolutely wonderful. So it's not only mattresses that you want to be looking into, but also pillows, getting the right pillow for you that supports your neck and helps keep your spine um, in alignment through the night. And very often regular pillows have the upper part of your spine in your neck at a strange angle. And sometimes you can wake up with neck pain, et cetera. And of course these pillows are, uh, depend whether you're a back sleeper or a side sleeper as to what you get and same thing. You can do your research online, you can buy them online and you get a 30, 60, 90 day trial period after which you can return it if it's not the right one for you. Something else that's wonderful to look into that can really help with sleep is a weighted blanket. And the benefit of a weighted blanket is it's, it's helping put your body into that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest state. It's almost as if the body under that weighted blanket feels like it's back in the womb, the ultimate place of safety. Also keeps you very warm although you can get cooling um, covers as well, so that if it's too warm in the summer months that you can get a cooling cover to help um, cool you down. But so wonderful to lie underneath, feel all nice and snug, safe, and it really supports um, a restful night sleep. And again, you can buy them online, you can trial them, and send them back if it's not for you. I think my weighted blanket had a 60-day... Um, trial period on it. So many, many options for you there in terms of adding to the comfort of your bedroom. So some other things that we want to be doing as we set you up for sleep success is training the brain that your bedroom is for sleeping. It's not for watching television. It's not for playing games. It is for intimacy, it is for reading books as you calm your body, and it is for sleep. And so that's why clearing the clutter, getting the electronics out of the room, start to train your brain that this is where I sleep. And that's really important as you start to build a habit of restorative sleep and break the habit of lying awake. So many people struggle with lying awake. And this leads me into step three of, of helping improve your sleep. And that is do not lie awake for more than 30 minutes. So often people can have that um, tired but wired feeling. They go, go, go all day in the afternoon may suddenly start feeling exhausted into the evening and then when they're trying to go to bed, all of a sudden the brain switched back on thinking about tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. But if you've done your bedtime hygiene routine, your room is set up for comfort and sleep, and you're still lying awake, we have to break that habit of lying awake and teach our brain this is not for lying awake. 
my mattress, my bed is for sleeping. And so we do that by if you sense that you've been in bed for about 30 minutes and you haven't fallen asleep yet, you want to actually get up, get out of bed, leave the room, turn on a dim light somewhere in the house, have something trashy to read or easy for the brain to process, no work type books or books that require heavy processing and understanding of the brain. We just want some, you know, simple trashy magazine that you're going to read that if you read for about 15 minutes in this dim light, maybe that's going to start having you start to feel a little bit sleepy and you can go back to bed and hopefully fall asleep. If, however, you still don't fall asleep, we don't want you lying there for more than 30 minutes because, again, we're training the brain that this is where you sleep. But a great next step at that point is to use your breathing to get your brain to get out of its uh, fight or flight chronic stress state and into its rest and digest state so that you can get to sleep. The body can't get to sleep if you're not in that rest state. And so there's a great technique that I use to trick the brain into switching on this rest and digest state. And if you've followed my work for a while, you've probably heard this before, but if you're new, listen up. I call it five, five, seven breathing. And what it is, is you inhale for a count of five, you hold for a count of five, and you exhale for a count of seven. And you do 10 cycles of that. And your brain goes, hmm, thought I was stressed out, but I'm breathing like a safe person. I must be safe. I'm going to switch on my rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system. So the reason that works so well is twofold. First of all, this breathing, which is free, we have it with us all the time, goes back to our hunter-gatherer days. And when we were in our stress state then, our body was producing cortisol and helping us to be able to flee from animals. Maybe we were the one being hunted by a lion or a tiger. And in that moment, when it shuts down the parasympathetic nervous system, it shuts down rest and digest. It shuts down procreation because all it cares about is getting us to safety and we're running away as fast as we can. We are panting and huffing and puffing. There is no way in that state our exhale is longer than our inhale. And so that is the key to this breathing exercise. When the exhale is longer than the inhale, it triggers the brain to know that it's safe. And when the brain knows that it's safe, it doesn't have to be producing cortisol. It doesn't have to be getting us to safety. It's already safe. And in that moment, it can turn on our rest and digest system. In addition to that, as you count, you're doing a lot of counting here. You're counting five and five and seven, and you're doing that 10 times. So you're keeping track of each inhale, hold, and exhale, and counting cycles. So that's a lot going on. So your brain is focusing on that and it lets go of whatever else it was dwelling on that was actually keeping you awake. So this is highly effective at helping you get back to sleep. It's recommended that you sit up on the edge of your bed, your feet on the floor, and you just let your shoulders kind of drop down and your hands at your side. 
Let your chin drop down as well. So you're in a very relaxed state as you do this and think about your breath and count. For me, I don't often wake up in the middle of the night because I do have my bedtime hygiene routine. I do have my room set up for success with my comfy pillow, mattress, weighted blanket, et cetera, et cetera. But when I do, sometimes I do. If I have a big presentation the next day and then I have to get up and go to the bathroom in the night, I might start thinking about that presentation and that can hinder my ability to get back to sleep. But I realize that's what's happening and I actually, especially in winter, I don't get up and go to another room and read. I skip that step and I go straight to my breathing. And honestly, I don't think I've ever counted past eight cycles before I've fallen back to sleep because my brain has let go of whatever it was it was dwelling on and gone back into that rest state, that calm state, and I've dropped back to sleep. So that is a very powerful technique. And it's also a technique that you can actually use anywhere where you notice your stress levels on the rise and it could be driving in traffic. It could be, you know, just dealing with kids at the end of the day. It could be in the office. If, you know, you're feeling those stress levels rise, you've had an argument with someone, just take a time out and breathe. Your breath is always with you. It's completely free and it's highly, highly effective. So the next step, and this is um, a pretty easy one in terms of setting yourself up for success with sleep is for at least 30 days, wake up at the same time every day. We tend to take sleep for granted and we expect our bodies to sleep on demand and fit into our schedules. And quality sleep is much more important than that. And as you've heard me say in the last podcast that sleep, we have to plan our day around our sleep, right? So what time are we going to wake up and then back that around to figure out what time do we need to go to bed in order to get the seven to nine hours of sleep. So set that wake up time the same every day for 30 days. The body starts to get into that pattern and know that this is what time I'm getting up and it helps to reset your sleep cycle. The other thing that's really awesome to do is upon waking up is to open those dark curtains and let the sunlight into your eyes because that also sends signals to the brain around I don't need to be producing melatonin anymore and I can be producing cortisol because now it's full daylight and it's time for me to get up and get going with my day. The next step this one sounds easy, but I know a lot of my clients think that it's going to be hard, but it really isn't. And that is, do not look at the time in the middle of the night. How many times do you wake up in the night, maybe go to the bathroom and look at the time? And then what happens? Very often, you start to get stressed out about, oh my goodness, I don't feel refreshed and it's five o'clock and I have to get up in an hour. And then the brain starts going and boom, you don't get to fall back to sleep, right? Have you been there? We all have been, haven't we? But here's the thing. When you don't look at the time, you don't trigger that response. And so, as I said, phones out of the bedroom, iPads, tablets out of the bedroom. But if you have an alarm clock that you plug into the wall, like I do, face it to the wall so that you can't see it because it doesn't matter what time it is in the middle of the night. If you wake up and you have to go to the bathroom and you want to go back to sleep, the best thing to do is do not look at the time. 
because all it does is trigger a stress response to the fact that you don't feel rejuvenated and you have to get up soon. But of course you don't feel rejuvenated because you haven't finished sleeping. And so if you don't look at the time and you simply get back into bed and close your eyes and allow yourself to fall asleep and time doesn't matter, you're going to fall back asleep. It's really, really powerful. And in fact, the very, very first time my husband overheard me telling this to somebody else, he thought it was crazy. But then he agreed to try it and was so surprised at the impact that it had. Trust me, you don't need to know what time it is in the middle of the night. Your alarm will wake you up in the morning when it's time to get up. And until that alarm goes off, it's sleep time for you. And it doesn't matter whether you have half an hour left to sleep or four hours left to sleep. You get to enjoy that last bit of sleep without stress of worrying that you haven't had enough sleep. And then the very last tip on improving your sleep is to not obsess over it. So there's always going to be times when we don't get as much sleep as we want, or we you know, worry about losing sleep. And very often it happens when we have a big event the next day. It might be a big sporting event that you've been training for. It might be a performance you've been training for. It might be a presentation. Like I said, you know, this happens to me if I have a big webinar and I want it to go well. That is the time when I'm most likely to struggle with either falling back to sleep in the middle of the night or getting to sleep in the beginning. And so I've given you lots of tips and tricks in order to counter that with, as I said, a gratitude journal, a brain dump, 557 breathing. But if you're still finding that you're lying there and not able to sleep, it's likely that you're obsessing over the lost sleep, the sleep that you're missing out on. And that doesn't serve you in any way, shape or form, because the more you obsess about it, the more sleep you lose and you can't get that sleep back. So instead, recognize that you've done all that you can do at this point towards whatever it is that you're worried about, your sporting event, your performance, your presentation. You've done everything that you can do. There's nothing more you can do. The best thing you can do for yourself at this point is to allow yourself to get to sleep. Rest is going to help you more than anything else. So recognize that Stressing and obsessing over lost sleep is preventing you from getting the sleep that you need and use these techniques and tools and move forward with that presentation, that event, knowing you have done what you need to do, honor that. And it's amazing how when you talk to yourself in this way, even in your mind, even as you're trying to sleep, that you can talk yourself down from that obsessed state and allow yourself to fall asleep. So I hope that you have found all of this information to be really, really helpful in terms of getting yourself a better night's sleep each and every night. If it's something that you still struggle with, even after implementing all of these tips, for 30 days, then we may need to look at some structural issues. It may be you struggle with sleep because of sleep apnea. It may be your airways are blocked. And it may be that you need to visit a dentist that specializes in 
um, airways and sleep issues because it's very often the dentist that will diagnose this even before a doctor. It may be that you have gut issues that are impacting your sleep. And when we heal your gut, your sleep improves. It may be that your toxic load level is really quite high and your body is struggling to detox overnight and it's working so hard that it's inadvertently waking you up or keeping you awake. So maybe you need to look at what your toxic load levels are and do a detox. And so you might wanna to go to my toxic load quiz to see what is that score and reach out to me in regards to starting a detox program. I have many people who have done my detox program and that's one of the first and best benefits is getting to a place of rejuvenated sleep. So I hope that you are able to take all of these tips and improve your sleep. And if not, take the steps to find out what is impacting your sleep, getting to the root cause, because your sleep is so important that it is worth looking into. Because honestly, the longer you sleep, the longer your life. So thank you very much for joining me today. And I look forward to having you back on my next episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.